Hulk smash round two, T- take two. <laughs> Bullshit. What's up, <laughs> JB? What, how's, how's it going, Holt? How's it going, Alex? JB, how delayed are you now? Uh, I think it's a lot better now. Uh, well, let's just hope that uh, this stays perfect throughout the next hour or so as we talk about the wonderful Big Orange Is it University. Oh, we're talking about, talking about Syracuse? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think, well, it is the Syracuse Orange. They used to be the Syracuse Orange Men, but now they're just orange. Shout out to PC World. PC World makes it orange men and women. So it should be. It's politically correct. You're right. Um, it's is it? It's not officially, but it's getting close to football time in Tennessee again. Um, before we get started, um, I would ask Cole, but I think JB does a little bit better. JB, you wanna you wanna do a little Rocky Top singing real quick? All right. Uh, so you want me to sing the whole song? No, no, no. Just just the chorus. Just the chorus. <laughs> we'll, we'll say that for another. Just time. the chorus. Just the chorus. Wild, wild as a mink and sweet as soda pop. Oh, you want me? To- Go for it, JB. All right. Okay, let's go. Are you going to sing with me, Hulk? And Alex? No. Unless you sing Memphis. You sang Rocky. I've heard you sing Rocky Top, Alex. You do it really unless, well. Unless, if we're singing Memphis, like Go Tigers Go, I'm not going to sing it right now. So sing sing Rocky Top. Right Does now. Memphis have a song? I didn't even know that. We do. We have. I mean, I don't, I don't even know that. <laughs> I don't know enough to okay. Go, JB, sing it. Okay. Wild as a mink, but sweet as soda pop. I still dream about that. Rocky Top, you'll always be home sweet, <laughs> home to me. Good old Rocky Top. Whoa, Rocky Top, Tennessee. We were, um, I think, me and Hole were having a discussion about this one day. How, like, at sport events, we can't, we can't do the woo anymore. Not, for, not, but just in general, like here at games, you know, go. Like that's that. been a long that's been a long debate amongst uh, Tennessee fans whether or not or whether to woo. <laughs> I am definitely with the woo crowd. I'm all for woo. Well, I, uh, they just made me think of my dad because my dad always makes fun of like Tennessee fans when they do that. <laughs> he always he always like he always like like holds his hands with like his wrists like dangling down and like like shoots his hands up like woo. <laughs> just let me think of that. <laughs> I am definitely oh a wooer. I'm a wooer, <laughs> proud and true. Let's let's get this shit started, JB. So, um, and Holt. Um, so let's just let's just talk about what's what's happened in the past ten years. That's a good question. It's it's been a it's been a good minute since Tennessee's been on top. When was the last time they were in the SEC championship? Was it like two thousand and eight, seven? No, that's 2007. That was when they played uh, LSU, who Tennessee, and went on to win the national championship. Yeah. So it's been like a lost decade almost. So I'll ask you this: Was out of the last ten years, was last year the worst year as a Tennessee fan in your experience? Oh yeah. I mean, this is probably the worst ten years in Tennessee's football history. The just uh, it started with a uh, former's last season. Uh, his tenure completely fell apart. Uh, he got really lazy on the job and slacked in recruiting, and it finally caught up to him that year. Uh, then, of course, they hired Lane Kiffin, who was there for one season. Jebby, Jebby, I don't, I don't care about all I that. know, but, I yeah, care. regardless, we know it's the worst 10 years ever. No, no, no. Was last year the worst year as a Tennessee fan? Last year was the worst season in program history. They went 4-8. and eight. They were one of only two programs to always win at least five games per season, along with Ohio State. 
Now Ohio State's the only school that holds a JB, title since Tennessee fucked it up last year. JB, it was a yes or no question. Yes, it's the worst season. <laughs> um, question it was pretty question, blatantly obvious. Question, question number two, JB, follow up to that. And you're going to have to keep this one under 30 seconds. Um, I might even ask Holt because Holt will – actually, I'll ask Holt because Holt will keep it shorter and shorter and sweeter. Holt, um, if you were a Tennessee fan, this is a crazy, crazy world we're talking here. If you were a Tennessee fan, would you rather have Bush Jones or Brady Hope being your coach? Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd still think I'd rather have Bush Jones, honestly. It's a call. At least he can recruit. That's there's that part. Yeah, I mean Brady Hoke was a decent recruiter, not a great one, but he was okay. But I just I think Brady Hoke, like if you follow his last like four or five years as a coach, like uh, just awful teams follow wherever he goes. JB, did you um, were you optimistic that? Uh, I guess this is a better question. So last year, I mean everybody wanted Butch Bomb. We went to the um, the game in Atlanta. Um, when they played Georgia Tech and they, they took from well, – I think it went to overtime. It was um, it was a close game. It was a lot closer than it should have been. Um, but Tennessee won. After that, you pretty much everybody was like, okay, Butch Jones needs to go. He, he was not a good, good coach. So last year as a fan, were you rooting for Tennessee to keep winning or would you rather them lose so you get rid of Butch Jones? It's always a tough spot for a fan for long-term health versus short-term success. For the common good, yes, it was better for them to lose because that's the only way that you're going to – losing and then also uh, fans not showing up. That It's really the fans not showing up that was really going to make the administration make its decision because even if the team is losing and the fans are still showing up and paying money to come see the team play, the administration doesn't give a fuck. So they'll, they'll still keep on so, – uh, uh, they would have kept Butch Jones if the fans had kept showing up. But uh, don't even remind me about that Georgia Tech game. That was probably one of the worst games I've ever witnessed. Even though Tennessee won, they still shouldn't have won that game. Georgia Tech handed that game to them. Uh, they, it's, it was more Georgia Tech lost it. Tennessee didn't win it. Yeah, so, I mean, you gotta, you got to learn to answer my questions, though. So, were you – last year you were rooting for them to lose <laughs> just so they could get rid of their <laughs> um, I'm not. I never would say I ever root for Tennessee to lose. I was just more indifferent. If we won – great if we lost i didn't care okay um you know i would think and here, here's the second question so after they and when when did they get rid of push jones it was it was well after they should have because people thought they were gonna get rid of him after alabama i think they, they held on for a while but Freddie hope did take over as interim coach for a little bit did you did yeah. you at that point did you have a little bit of hope and optimism that hey maybe they'll get fired up they'll play play fired up under Brady hope for you know, a couple games to get us to get us a couple wins here. Did you have that hope at least, or think that was possible? Um, I was hoping that maybe Brady Hook would come in and at least rally the team and try to get to a bowl. They were four and six. Uh, they had LSU coming into town. Uh, they played LSU to Monsoon. They played them close for about a half, but then LSU their 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 death just took over, and it was an ugly game. Wasn't that the game where like part after- of the the scoreboard flew off and like hit a fan? It was, yeah. And it was like crazy winds. Uh, the rain was really bad. Like you could, there was no visibility. Uh, t- the teams couldn't even pass the ball. It was pretty much just run the ball up the middle each play. But nevertheless, brighter days are ahead because Butch Jones was fired and Brady Hoke, believe it or not. So, and then we move on to the long, long coaching search. Um, also, who did you think that? 
and they had probably like 50 candidates that they, they reached out to for the job, and they got probably like 10, 10 to 12 coaches a raise because they pretended um, to take Tennessee, that they wanted to take Tennessee job. The most notable back member is Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State, got a, a bigger raise, even though he already was being paid a shit ton. So, who did you think that Tennessee was going to hire, and who do you think they should have hired? Or did they feel it was the right hire? Um, well, the guy that I really thought they should have hired was uh, Brom from Purdue. Um, yeah. They were pretty close to hiring him as well. Um, you know, I don't really know all the details about it. JB probably remembers better than I do. But there was a little rotation there, and it looked like he was going to be the guy for a minute. Uh, Mike Gundy would have been a good hire, but I don't think he was ever leaving Oklahoma State. Um you know, Mike Leach would have been a solid hire, but not a high upside hire, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. I think I think they were pretty smart by not hiring him. I think Pruitt has a lot more upside as a coach than uh, Mike Leach does. I think Mike Leach could be, you know, Mike Leach would get Tennessee back to relevance and competing for the East. But I just, you know, I'm not sure that Mike Leach is a national championship caliber coach. I think Pruitt might be, but I'm pretty certain that Leach is not. But yeah, Brom is the guy that I like the most. I just I think he's a real up and comer. I think uh, he's probably going to get a big time job either this year or next year. Um, you know, Ohio I think State. yeah, Ohio State, LSU, um, maybe some other jobs that are going to come open uh, pretty soon. Maybe like I think USC is probably going to come open in the next year or two. So uh, I think there's going to be a lot of big jobs coming open, and he's going to get one of them. But. I mean, overall, if you think about, like, all the coaches they could have hired, how messy it was, you, you do like Jeremy Pruitt for what he is. Yeah, what- I, it, it is, you know, they went through all that um, and still ended up with a pretty good coach. Um, I just hate, like, I mean, I don't hate it personally because I'm not, like, very, uh, you know, pro-Tennessee at all, and I kind of like <laughs> seeing them do stupid stuff sometimes. But it was kind of painful to watch their coaching search kind of they get turned down by, you know, Multiple, like five or six different coaches publicly, um, and you know the whole Greg Schiano thing, and then um, you know all all of that, and then I remember the last couple coaching searches they've had, they've been turned down publicly by a few guys. So, you know, I can't, you know, as a Tennessee fan, I can't like really feel great um, like that. But yeah, I do like Jeremy Pruitt. I think he's going to do a good job there. I think he's a awesome recruiter, and they're going to play really good defense. Um, Pruitt has had really good defenses at three different places he's been. Um, now, granted, those three places, Florida State, Georgia, and Alabama, all have elite talent, but he also got them to play in an elite level, and I think he can recruit elite talent on the defensive side. And as we'll talk about later in this podcast, Tennessee's got a lot of really good players on defense this year uh, for him to work with. So uh, they may get that defense rolling uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, and you, you said recruiting. Um, they're, I think they're number 14 uh, in the class. Um, I think they're number 11 currently. Last I checked. 247 composite says 14, maybe, is what I've, what I've been uh, I was looking at rivals. Uh, whatever yeah. source you like to use. Yeah, I mean, you, you sound like me. I just – I go – like, as, if Memphis is, like, 60, 60 and 247 and they're 53 in rivals, I'm just like, oh, well, they're 53 recruiting, so. Yeah, you always go with what's higher. Yeah. But they're they're fourteen on a two four seven composite, so they're already recruiting pretty well, and I think they can even recruit better than that. I think they they have the potential to recruit top ten at Tennessee. You heard Jeremy Pruitt does. Yeah, I'll ask JB to touch on and Jeremy Pruitt's personality. A lot of people don't necessarily like him uh, in the media. Um, 
who was Aaron Murray, didn't say that said he wasn't like ready to be a coach <clears throat> in the media. And it also, <laughs> this just came out this week. I'll, I'll ask you to answer this first, and I'm gonna trust that you'll answer the question and not dance around it. Um, <laughs> this week, I think some some reporter was asking through it about who who the starting quarterback or who the starter should be, and he he gave this long quote about. Um, you shouldn't try to be a starter. I think the, the gist of it was you shouldn't try to be a starter. You shouldn't worry about being a starter. You should try to be the best player in the country or something like that. So can you help me explain that quote? Because that was um, very confusing to me and to a lot of people. And then just talk, talk about Jeremy Pruitt's personality, if he's, if he's fit or if it's a good personality. What, what can you tell me about it? Well, um, start off, uh, that, quote is, that quote is really kind of hard for me to understand as well. I think <laughs> – I mean, it's – it's definitely it's not coach speak. I mean, he de- it's definitely a, a legit quote, but it's you know it's his philosophy. Uh, I don't think I think he has it in his mind who his guy's going to be. Uh, I think he's waiting just for the team to pretty much uh, show him who the guy's going to be. I think Pruitt already knows, but he still has to give the other you know both of those guys a chance. Uh, I, it's definitely going to be uh, Garantano, but as for his personality. Uh, he's definitely more of a hard ass. Uh, he, his personality is definitely molded more with a uh, alpha, like a Nick Saban type. And if you remember watching the last two years, uh, Pruitt and Saban would clash on the sidelines at times. Like uh, when you show the cameras, you would see both of them uh, arguing with one another. And Pruitt would stand his ground on Saban. He would not uh, let Saban run all over him because you see Saban chewing out assistance. Pruitt was like the one guy that would actually stand up to Saban. So that's that's probably one of the reasons why him and Mark Rick clashed because Mark Rick uh, was more of a laid back guy. Pruitt was more of an alpha. Pruitt uh, tried to run things while at Georgia, you know, trying to change the culture because he knew it was kind of a, a soft finesse culture under Rick. So that was probably one of the reasons why those why uh, Pruitt ended up leaving, going to join Alabama with Saban staff. But his person, do what. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was saying, like, his personality is just definitely more of a uh, hard-ass, uh, old-fashioned football coach. Uh, he's not going to really say a lot of crazy quotes to the media. You're not going to really get a lot of sound bites out of him. And uh, uh, let me let me ask you this real quick. As a Tennessee fan, you actually probably would appreciate that he is who he is coming from Butch Jones, who had a million different – quotes that got made fun of way too much everywhere so you probably have to appreciate that he is a a coach's coach like he just wants to he wants to coach football and he doesn't really care about how pretty he he sounds the media no he's definitely not a guy that's going to win a press conference uh he's you, you see how he conducts himself he doesn't even give a shit about press conferences he, he would be happy not doing interviews or press conferences he's he's just more like he just wants to coach that's his passion he wants to be on the field. He'd rather just be on the field or in the film room rather than having to deal with the media and make the scheduled appearances that he has to do every week. Yeah. Let's um let's change gears now and talk about the actual team this year. So um, we were looking at this before. I think it's either um, – I think they have six six uh, returning starters on defense and then, and then five or six on defense depending on who you look at um, or if you count Juwan Jennings, um, which we'll touch on. Um, offensive coordinators, Tyson Helton from USC, uh, which is kind of interesting because I think um, a lot of Tennessee fans wanted T. Martin to be the um, head coach and he was the offensive coordinator at Tennessee. So, kind of interesting that current guy Tyson Helton from USC after T. Martin did the Tennessee job. And then um, defensive coordinator uh, Kevin, is it sure, J.B.? J.B. has the pronunciation. 
Kevin Scherer. Scherer, excuse me, came from Georgia. So I'm, I'm assuming he coached with Jeremy Pruitt in Georgia. Um, so this year, this year's team, it's, it's going to be kind of a rebuilding year is what I think of it in my mind. Um, I'll, I'll ask Holt the, the outside fans' perspective of what do you think this year Tennessee's going to be like what, what would be successful for Tennessee is it just competing in games again and getting to bowl eligible and um, what, what, what are you looking forward to Tennessee this year well I think anytime it's a first year coach coming into a bad situation you just want to see improvement you want to see consistent improvement you want to see competitive games and uh, you want to see your team stop you know doing stupid stuff and losing games they shouldn't lose um, and just kind of stuff like that just kind of like right the ship uh, show that you're moving in the right direction. Um, you know, I'm not saying you have to beat, like, Alabama or Auburn. Um, but, like, you know, definitely, like, maybe make one of those games, like, a tough game, a close game. Um, you know, just stuff like that, to me, makes all the difference than your actual overall record. Um, Tennessee is just the way the schedule lines up. Um, you know, it's just not going to be – I think they're going to be able to get to six wins and make a bowl game, but um, it's hard to say a lot more than that just because of the way the schedule's laid out. Um, it's a really difficult schedule in the in the very middle, um, you know, from September 22nd to October 27th, just that month uh, in a week there. It's going to be a lot of, you know, really tough games. So Yeah, that might be the toughest gauntlet in the, for any SEC team this year. That's That five-game gauntlet, like <laughs> – struggle with that i think everyone's everyone might say that uh their team has the toughest gauntlet but that might be the toughest five game stretch for any team in the conference just to add to that is that um maybe it's just the way the east is set up but tennessee like the that four game stretch i mean this year they they play auburn in the crossover game but that four game stretch when they play florida georgia alabama and whoever else it's always Uh, yeah they, they got a in that gauntlet, they've got Georgia, Auburn, South Carolina, Alabama, and, uh, and Alabama. So those are – and then yeah, also but, they – yeah. So the, they got the three best teams in the SEC back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. My my point is that that's like where their schedule always, you know, hits hits a hurdle is they always like the middle of the year, they have, they have a tough going, and then they can just win the next like four or five games. To finish yeah, that, their schedule's always been like – Somewhat, you usually have that one tough game beginning of the season, uh, then also the Florida, and then they have the, the gauntlet in October and then November. It's usually supposed to be a breeze, but lately it hasn't been a breeze just because of how bad the program has slipped. Yeah, I'll ask, I'll ask you, JB. Um, talk about talk about the offense. You um, <clears throat> earlier that you think Garantano is going to be the quarterback. I think he has the most potential and talent um, coming in as a high school recruit. Uh, so t- tell me about the quarterback battle and why you think Garantano wants to be a starter. Yeah, Garantano, uh, he's he's got all the tools to fit in the pro-style offense. Everyone thinks that he's a uh, scrambling quarterback and more fit for a spread. He is not a spread quarterback. He is a pro-style quarterback. He likes to sit in the pocket and scan the field. And one of his biggest issues last year was that he would stand in the pocket way too long and he would end up getting sacked. But he was also playing with a horrible offensive line as well. So when you combine those two factors, uh, it was not really pretty for Garantano. But I think, but this year um, in this system, he's going to have a system where he's going to have to get rid of the ball real quick, and that's going to be beneficial for him because it's going to speed up his uh, process and going through the motions. And he's also only a redshirt sophomore, too. He's got three years of eligibility left. 
he's he's got all the tools. Like I said, he can still scramble too. Uh, he's really he's got really good legs. He's not like a Josh Dobbs t- or a Dak Prescott type, but he can definitely move around in the pocket and make plays when needed. Keller Talk- Chris was go ahead, go ahead. Well, Keller Chris was brought in mainly to just be assurance for Garantano. Uh, <clears throat> just the bulk of the schedule, uh, Garantano could easily go down at any point, and Keller Chris is going to be a solid. Uh, back up just in case that ever happens. Plus, Chris already knows the system that Tyson Elton runs. He's already ran a similar system at Stanford. And he's a solid quarterback, too. And he's really just going to come in to uh, push Garantano to make him better. Uh, of course, Keller Chris wouldn't tell you that, but that's really what the coaching staff's mentality is. And, and talk about the um, offensive coordinator, Tyson, El- Tyson Elton. Is that, am I saying that? Tyson, I'm getting to mix it up again. Tyson. Tyson no, Elton. Is he, is he Clay Helton's brother? He is indeed. Man, did you know Clay Helton coach at Memphis for a second? Shout out. He to did. Him. Yep. He, he, <clears> you got to make you got to make your every every episode shout out to Memphis. You're right. You're right. So, um, tell me about <clears throat> Nelson's offense. How, what kind of offense is he going to run at Tennessee? Spread? It's no, no. Tyson Nelson's offense is a uh, pro style offense. It's got a little bit of the sp- little bit of spread element in it, but it's definitely completely a pro style offense. Uh, it's going to be it's it's pretty much the exact replica of Bobby Petrino's. Similar to that action, uh, a lot of running the ball uh, to set up the play action. Uh, you'll see a lot of uh, vertical uh, play action as well, and balls thrown down the field. He really likes to spread the ball out too. And it's going to be tough to go sledding this season, I think, getting that offense installed because they don't really have the uh, depth, especially on the offensive line. And, uh, of course, we all know that if you don't give a quarterback protection – it's not going to help, but also they're not going to be able to establish a running game with the offensive line they have let me, currently. Let me ask you about that real quick. Um, the running game, they lost as, – as, it was John Kelly, right? It was a good, good running back last year. Um, he was. And, I mean, to me, he came out of nowhere. But, I mean, maybe he's been good all along. But um, do you think that that's going to – I mean, that's always going to hurt him a little bit. But do you think there's a possibility that one of these running backs can step up to the plate and, you know, be good this year? I do. Uh, I really like Ty Chandler. Uh, he's going to be a uh, the main running back this year. They got Ty Chandler. They also got Jordan, and they also have a uh, transfer, Madre London, who's all going to come in and also split some carries with those two guys. But it's really going to be uh, Tim Jordan and Ty Chandler. Ty Chandler is uh, going to be one of those guys that you'll know at the end of the season. He's a really really solid running back. Uh, but I kind of have a feeling it's going to be similar to John Kelly situation last year. He's a really good running back, but he's not going to be running behind the best offensive line. It's kind of a patchwork line that doesn't have a lot of depth. And if any of the, if any one of those two guys, like if one or two guys goes down, it's going to be ugly, and he won't be able to have the stats to show how talented he is. Okay, let me let me let me pick uh, Holt's brain for a second. So, um, JB has talked about the offense, and he talked about you know some of the running backs that might step up this year, but. We failed to mention, or actually give time to, is um, Dwan Jennings coming back this year. Uh, I think Butch Jones kicked him off the team. I forgot what the actual role, what he, what role he broke, but he kicked him off the team, and then um, Pruitt comes in and reinstates him to the team. So Dwan Jennings, I think, is a really good receiver. So do you think he, um, <laughs> think as good as I think he is, or do you think um, like the, there's not going to be a quarterback that'll give him the ball? Um, yeah, I mean, I. I like Jawan Jennings a lot. He's a you know taller guy, really physical receiver. Um, you know everybody remembers that Hail Mary against Georgia a couple years ago. That's one of those plays where 
I, I just feel like anytime someone brings his name up, people are going to remember that. Um, but actually, um, I really like Marquez Callaway or Marquez Callaway. I'm not sure how you say that. Um, Marquez. <laughs> Marquez. Yeah. So he's, you know, I've had a lot of fun watching him. Uh, he was a guy Mississippi State recruited really hard too, and I've always uh, been a big fan of him. Is uh, he from? Love I think he's from Georgia. Okay. Um, but he's a really good, really good player. So they have a couple of receivers that uh, they can get the ball to. Um, you know, it's just going to depend on you know Garantano or Chris or whoever plays. I know most Tennessee fans probably want Garantano to play. Um, but, you know, Chris didn't transfer from a starting position at Stanford. Well, I mean, I guess he was kind of, you know, back and forth between starting and being the backup. But I don't think he transferred to Tennessee to be the backup. I think he's fully expecting to play, and I think he was probably told that he was probably going to play. Uh, he's at least going to get a chance to play. I'd be really surprised if he starts as the backup and stays the backup all season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I I definitely think they got some playmakers on the – receiver position um just looking at like the rest of their offense um uh trey smith is one of the best probably my favorite offensive lineman in the sec um from jackson tennessee uh if you guys follow cole kublik on twitter he's always tweeting out like offensive linemen just blowing people up and it seems like every week he's got like two or three of trey smith he's just so much fun to watch so physical just a dominant player um and then drew richmond uh Another Memphis guy um, is, uh, you know, a highly recruited player. I don't know if he's quite developed into the player that they thought they were getting, but still a pretty solid uh, player there. They return their center also. So they may have a little something going on offense um, with those receivers and, uh, you know, that a couple of really good offensive linemen. So, you know, this offense definitely has a little bit of potential this year. It would just be interesting to see how fast they pick up the, uh, the offense and, um how well Tyson Helton can coach these guys up. Let's uh, let's switch over to the defense real quick. Uh, I'll stay with you, Holt, because you mentioned that there's a lot of talent on the defense side. Um, go ahead and tell me why you think there's so much talent. I mean, is it just the recruiting that you're looking at recruiting rankings? Or are you watching them and, like, having the eyeball test and saying, like, these guys are actually pretty good. They just haven't been coached well enough to play games. So why, why are you so excited about the defense? Yeah, well, I mean, the – problem on Tennessee's defense the last couple of years hasn't been talent. It's just been injuries. They, I mean, they've just been getting gutted. Like, every year it seems like uh, they're having to play, like, you know, third and fourth string players um, by about halfway through the season. Um, but, you know, you look at some of these guys like Kyle Phillips, you know, is a really good player. Uh, Shaw Tuttle was an incredibly highly recruited player. I'm pretty sure he was a five-star coming out of high school. And, um, you know, Nigel Warriors yeah. is a really good safety. They've got some good linebackers. You know, I mean, there's just a lot to work with here, at least talent-wise. I mean, I know these guys haven't really developed and lived up to their full potential, but just like I was saying, I mean, they haven't been bad on defense because they don't have good players. They've been bad on defense because they haven't had great development and because they've been having so many injuries. And I think if they're able to stay healthy this year with Jeremy Pruitt coaching them, they should have a chance to have a pretty solid defense this year, I would think. That's uh, one thing I want to point out on us, JB. Since Jeremy Pruitt is a def- defense guy, do you think he will really be the, the de facto defensive coordinator, even though there is a defensive coordinator in place? Do you think Jeremy Pruitt is really just going to be taking control of the defense and you feel confident, comfortable with him taking over if that's the case? I mean, it's definitely Jeremy Pruitt's system, but I 
it's really going to be uh, Kevin Schreier that's going to have full reign of the defense. Uh, obviously, Pruitt's going to have input. It's his system. But Pruitt is really one of those guys. He's going to have a lot of trust in his defensive assistants. Everyone that he has on his staff is someone that he has worked with at some point in his career. Uh, he worked with Kevin Schreier at Hoover back when he was on the uh, Hoover staff uh, when they won all those championships. Man, way back. Way back, way back. Yeah. But uh, his defense, uh, they are transitioning from a 4-3 to a 3-4, but they do have some pieces that they can make it work. Uh, they're moving Jonathan Kongbo to an outside linebacker position from the defensive end to make room for it. Uh, their defensive line is probably going to be uh, Kyle Phillips, Shai Tuttle, and Alex Johnson as the three starters on and then at linebacker, they're probably going to have uh, Kongbo, uh, Daryl Taylor, uh, Batuli, and Kirkland and Sapp. It's going to be those five guys battling for four positions. And all those guys are really talented. Kirkland, I think. I don't know if I even mentioned Kirkland, did I? Yeah, I think you did. But yes. But like I said, their, their defense has a lot of talent. Uh, there's not a lot of depth. But if those guys can stay healthy, unlike the previous two years – they could really be really, really solid. Uh, but also, I, if I had to give an opinion, I think the reason for all the injuries they've had, it's not only just fluke. It's not really just a fluke. I actually believe it's because they had poor training. And they hired a new trainer this offseason uh, from the Houston Texans. Or, yeah, from the Houston Texans. And I think they're going to be a lot better uh, shape going into this season. I think they're going to be a lot more uh, less injury prone, too. So it could be a lot better for defense this year than it has been just because they're going to be healthy, I think. All right. Before we get into the schedule, um, favorite part is ask miscellaneous questions about Tennessee. Um, we'll ask Holt first. Holt, have you been to Knoxville? I went to Knoxville one time in 2003, I believe, because the only reason I remember that is because it was the same day that Eli Manning lost to LSU when they had a chance to win the West that year. Um and Tennessee beat Vanderbilt by like a hundred points. It was like, like forty. I think it was like forty-one to nothing at halftime. But uh, that was the only time I've been. I've been to Knoxville a few times, but that was the only time I've been to Neyland Stadium. Which Those is crazy because you know we all grew up in Memphis, but, you know, in the state close. of Tennessee. But it's yeah, it's not exactly close. Um, you know, there's like probably like three or four SEC schools closer to Memphis than the University of Tennessee. But uh, anyway, it's you know I have been there. It's uh, it's really loud. It's a really big stadium, and uh, you know all that orange will give you some bad vision for a few days. I'll ask I'll ask JB since he's been to Tennessee quite a bit or Knoxville quite a bit more than you. What is your favorite place to eat in Knoxville, JB? Uh, I've I've hey, been to JB, the uh, Copper Cellar. Hours, keep I know, I know, I know, I know. It's you're really trying to make this hard on me. Uh, the Copper Cellar is a solid place. Uh, that's on the uh, Knoxville Strip on Cumberland Avenue. Uh, just has your typical American fare. Uh, Sweet Peas Barbecue is really good. Uh, it uh, was featured one time on Man vs. Food. It has the uh, barbecue burrito. That's uh, I think it's like 10 pounds of a burrito that you have to finish within an hour, and you win a prize. Uh, their barbecue is actually really solid. Uh, I was actually impressed. I'm very much a barbecue snob. I think Memphis has the best barbecue. But this place wasn't bad. I think it can compete with some of Memphis's best. Uh, the ribs were spectacular. Uh, the, the smoked mac and cheese was unbelievable. Had really good smoky texture to it. And the uh, pulled pork was really good, too. All right, so uh, just, those, just the names again. Three Is this three-piece barbecue? Sweet peas barbecue. Sweet peas barbecue. And what was the other place? 
Copper Seller. Copper Seller. And you told me the other day, and you don't have to elaborate too much, but you told me the other day that Calhoun's is, is popular because I saw um, – who was it? I saw Jeremy Pruitt and um, – not Booger. What's the other guy's name? Marcus Spears on uh, the network eating there and talking about football. And I asked you about it, but you said Calhoun's isn't, in your opinion, as good as it – gets credit for yeah i was wondering why you're asking me about calhoun's but now i realize it's because of that interview yeah, yeah. calhoun's it, people go to calhoun's mainly for the atmosphere uh it's right there on the river it's right by Neyland stadium so it's it's a nice backdrop and it's a cool place to go uh like on a friday night before the game because a lot of people are going out there to eat they also go out there to drink and sit out on the deck and overlook the river with live music it's a good place for an atmosphere but the food is less than spectacular Okay, and then all right. So, a couple quick, quick more items. Two quick more items. Uh, Holt, who is your favorite Tennessee player ever to watch? Um, man, it's a tough. Uh, you know, I, I knew you were gonna ask this, and I had one I was thinking of like all day, but right when you asked me, I totally <laughs> forgot and like drew a blank. But uh, someone I really enjoyed watching, even though he didn't really get to play that much at Tennessee, was uh, Alvin Kamara. Um, I remember a couple times when uh, Jalen Hurd was out. He came in and played really well. He had a big game against – I remember Texas A&M, that overtime game a few years ago. He had a huge game. Uh, he was a really fun player to watch. Um, man, I'm trying to think. Uh, actually, a guy – another guy who was just in the news today, uh, A.J. Johnson, was a really good player at Tennessee. A lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, like, there really have been a few players at Tennessee that I've liked a lot. Uh, oh, uh Robert Meacham, was that his name? The yeah. Robert Meacham, they had. wide receiver, yeah. Yeah, I liked him a lot. Um, you know, they've, they've had a lot of players that, that I like. Uh, yeah. I like that running back they had last year, too. He was a really good player, yeah. Kelly, I think. John yeah. Kelly. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I, believe it or not. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I remember who I was going to say now. Eric Berry, obviously. I, I feel like that's that's way too easy. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he was a monster. He would just absolutely kill people. And uh, he's one of the few guys who, like, can do things with the ball in his hands and just like blow people up on defense. Um, you know, and he always, I remember he always had like the tape around his fingers, which I just always thought was really cool. Um, you know, he's just a monster. Yeah. Um, still, still doing stuff in the NFL. What, what I'll say is that Tennessee, despite this lost decade, as I like to call it, um, they haven't had, you know, great teams competing in the SEC. SEC championships, but they have never had a lack of talent. They've always had great players getting to the NFL. So there's always been fun players to watch. And I'll ask JB real quick, who's your favorite player? And you gotta you gotta answer this in thirty seconds or less. So wait, you let Holt do all the talking for favorite players and he's not even a fan and you're gonna let me just get yeah. thirty seconds. Yeah, JB, like, you've been talking the whole episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, favorite player of all time, uh well, recent years, Zach Barry. Uh the dude played with an edge. Hard hitter. Uh, anytime the ball flew in the air, you always felt like he had a chance to intercept it. He had really great vision uh, in reading the quarterback's eyes and, you know, being able to read the offense and knowing the routes that the receivers are going to run. And anytime he had the ball in his hands, you always felt like he could take it back. He was incredible. A great team leader. Great all-around guy off the field, too. He's involved in a lot of charities. Uh, he's had some bad luck in the NFL with injuries, but he's still playing at a high level even as he's starting to age. All right, that's enough, JB. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Eric my, uh, quick, my favorite players were probably um, Travis Henry and Jamal Lewis, but Jamal Lewis more for the NFL than college, but he had one good year in Cincinnati that I can remember. But let's get on to the schedule, and we're up against the clock here. 
keep this under five hours, so we'll try to uh, speed through some of these ones that we can't speed through. But we can't speed through the very first game. Uh, West Virginia, it was like a belt, belt kickoff game. This is a really good game. I'm kind of excited for this. Um, I think West Virginia is going to win, but I don't think this is going to be an easy win at all because I think it's um, I think Tennessee's defense is going to step up to the plate. Um, I don't I don't really don't like West Virginia as much as everybody else. A lot of people have them preseason top 15, definitely top 20. Some have them like number 11, top maybe like a 10. But I just don't think they're that great. I think they have good offense, but not a great defense. Um, I'll let Holt start with this one, and then JB can go after. Yeah, this should be a, a great game. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, one of the things that Saban and, def- and uh, Pruitt and Smart, I kind of lump all them together because their defenses are so similar. But one thing they struggle with is uh, talented quarterbacks who, you know, are really aggressive and throw the ball down the field. Um, West Virginia's got some good receivers as well. Um, yeah, what, I'm trying to blink on the quarterback's name right now. Why, why can't I? Yeah, Will Greer, right. They used to play at Florida. Um, he's a, you know, obviously a really good quarterback. They run a Big 12 offense. So they're going to be spreading it out, going fast, throwing the ball down the field. I think uh, – you know, Tennessee may be able to run the ball a little bit. Um, West Virginia's defense isn't really all that great. So, you know, Tennessee may be able to score some points. But I just don't think they're going to be able to out-duel or outscore West Virginia in this game. Um, you know, they, they may – I wouldn't be surprised at all if Tennessee won this game. Um, I'm not saying they can't win. I'm just saying that I just – I don't see Tennessee outscoring West Virginia this early on in the season. I just don't think their offense is going to be quite clicking yet. JB? Um, I'm going to be kind of against the hold here. I don't think this game is really going to be all that close. I think West Virginia is going to win this one really comfortably. Uh, their offense is going to be clicking in the first game. Holgerson's going to have his guys ready. Uh, the Tennessee's defense is going to do its best to uh, keep it close. for In the second half, I can see West Virginia just blowing it wide open. And I know we know West Virginia's defense is horrible, but Tennessee's offense is not going to be in sync yet. And I don't think they're not going to be able to keep up with the firepower for West Virginia. I can see uh, West Virginia easily winning this by 20 points. Okay, uh, 0-1. Uh, next two games we might have to skip through unless you all think differently. East Tennessee State and UTEP, both in Neyland. Um They did have trouble, I will say, they did have trouble last year with UMass at home, but that was under Butch Jones. I don't think this one's going to be too difficult. So I'm just going to say two of these are wins unless you all want to speak now or forever hold your peace about that. I just want to say uh, that uh, Kenny Chesney went to East Tennessee State, so just throw that out there. But he's a Tennessee fan. He is a Tennessee fan. Kenny Chesney likes every college football team in he's the like, world. He's like the Drake for country music. Exactly. He is. <laughs> he likes everybody. All right. I mean, Drake. Drake's home team is the Raptors, and then Kenny Chesney's home team is Tennessee, but they both definitely venture out to every fan base. Yeah. All right, so we'll, we'll say two and one, um, taking on Florida at Neyland. Um, I think we did the Florida podcast. We said Florida. Right, I think we all said Florida was going to win this one. Um, uh, I, I picked Tennessee in this game. Okay. Well, I, we as a group, the composite here, picked Florida. So I, uh, I don't think so. Oh, did, okay. So may, maybe just me. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. JB, go ahead and start it off. Prove me wrong. You want me to start it off? Yeah. Well, this is going to be the game. Um, I don't think it's going to be a really uh, high scoring game. It's going to be a defensive struggle. But Tennessee's going to be coming into this game a 2-1 and one record. Uh, this is going to be really their last chance, in my opinion, to pick up a big win. <laughs> I know uh, it's hard to say <laughs> last chance, and it's only September. But as they go into this gauntlet, uh, playing at Georgia next week and then the Auburn, Alabama, and South Carolina, it's not going to be easy road for them. 
And Florida, the talent-wise, the talent gap between both of these teams is pretty close. Uh, the last three years, uh, or the last three out of the four years, uh, this game has come down to a final possession, 2014, 2015, and 2017. This year it's going to come down to a final possession as well and a defensive struggle. I think Tennessee's defense will outduel Florida's defense, and they will make a stop at the end of the game against Mullen's offense and sneak away with a 6-3 to three victory over Florida. Oh. Yeah, you know, just like we were saying on the Florida – preview i'm not sure how good they're gonna be able to get on offense this year with uh felipe franks i'm just not i'm not really sold on him i know some other people think he's got some potential but i just didn't really see enough from him last year to think that he's gonna turn into a good quarterback this year i think tennessee's defense um is good enough and they're gonna it's still early in the season so they're still gonna be healthy um and they're gonna be in their fourth game now so they're gonna be in a little bit more sync uh on offense as well so I, I like Tennessee in this game. They're at home. It's their first big home game under Jeremy Pruitt. Um, Jeremy Pruitt knows he can build up a lot of equity with the fan base and uh, get a lot more buy-in from the fans and, you know, the administration and everybody from winning this game. So I think this is going to be one of those games where Pruitt's going to plot all the stops. He's going to, you know, get everybody excited. He's going to put a lot of emphasis on this game. And uh, I think Tennessee is going to find a way to win. I think it's going to be a, low, a lower scoring game, maybe like, you know, 17 to 21 or something kind of like that. But kind of a tight, low scoring game. But I like Tennessee to win. And y'all are um, proving me wrong. All right. So uh, three and one Tennessee. Now, now we're beginning somewhere. We're one and zero in SEC trying to, trying to go, to, uh, go to Atlanta for the SEC championship. But then, unfortunately, you do have to play. Georgia, Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina next. So we'll start off with at Georgia. Um, don't think this is going to be close. Um, I think this is when Tennessee gets back to reality. So I'm not even going to elaborate too much. I'll just I'll leave um, I'll leave Holt to elaborate on this, and then JB, you can go after that. Yeah, you know I don't think Tennessee is going to be quite uh, ready for this game. Um, I think ready. they're going to. I think they're going to be coming off an emotional win against Florida, but I think they're going to be uh, brought back down to earth pretty quick by Georgia to me the how this game goes depends solely on how Georgia's offense is doing this year if Georgia's offense um, is clicking and rolling I can see this game getting ugly Um, if Georgia is just okay on offense then I could see uh, Georgia winning by you know a couple touchdowns the only way I think Tennessee has a chance in this game is if Georgia just is having a lot of problems on the offensive side of the ball like maybe the quarterback situation just isn't going well um, to me, that's really Tennessee's only hope in this game because I don't think Tennessee's going to be able to score at all on Georgia. I think Georgia's going to um, mostly shut them down, shut down Tennessee's offense in this game. And, uh, you know, just like I said, if Tennessee's going to have any shot to win, they're going to need to play a lights-out game on defense, and they're going to need some big plays on the defense and special <laughs> teams um, to win. Debbie, keep, yeah. this one, keep this one short, and I'll let you elaborate for an hour on Auburn. Yeah, um... Tennessee will have some momentum going into this game. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as ugly as last year's game when they lost 41 nothing. I do think Tennessee will be able to get some points in this game, but like Holt said, they're, not, they're going to struggle to score. Uh, Georgia's offense, uh, I think they're actually going to be clicking. Their offense has the potential to be really, really good. It might be the best offense in the SEC, and I think this will get ugly. But I don't think it's going to be as ugly as last year, but I could see Georgia winning something like 34-10. to 10. Yeah, yeah, I um, – Sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> So, um, what are we saying now? Uh, three and two, taking on Auburn at Auburn. I really like Auburn a lot this year also. 
Um, so I just don't, I don't think Tennessee's going to be ready for this one uh, also. So I'll let, I'll let JB elaborate a lot for this one and then Holy can keep it short. Well, Tennessee's coming off a bye going into this one, and they're going to be – I don't know if I'd say if they will be healthy, but they're going to be coming off a, uh, you know, bad loss to Georgia, and they're going to be, you know, more prepared for this one. And I actually like them to uh, make this a game, at least through most of the game. I think it's going to be a pretty close game. I think Tennessee's offense is going to uh, pull out all the stops in this one and trying to uh, – keep them in the game against that really high-octane Auburn offense. And, of course, we know how good the Auburn defense is, too. But I think Tennessee's defense is going to be up to the challenge in stopping Auburn's offense, at least containing them enough to give their offense a chance to uh, stay in this game. And I see Auburn prevailing at the end. But I, my final score, if I had to pick a final score, would be 27-20 Auburn. Auburn will, Auburn will be kind of just sleepwalking through this game, in my opinion. And they will find a way to win, though. Oh, do you think it will be that close? Um, yeah, I think this is actually going to be a really close game on the Auburn preview. Uh, we were talking about this game because Tennessee is coming off a bye. Auburn's coming off a road trip to Mississippi State. Um, you know, Gus Malzahn always has a couple games every year where you're just scratching your head. Um, I think Tennessee, um, you know, is going to be getting better, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball as the season goes along. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Tennessee go in there and give Auburn a really tough game, and that's what I'm going to predict right now. Um, you know, it's like JB said, I think 27-20 is, is about right. I think it's going to become a close game. Um, maybe not the most exciting game in the world, but a game where Auburn's definitely going to have to uh, make a couple plays in the fourth quarter to win it. So that's a loss. So that's, what, three and three now, I think? One, two, three. Yep, three and three taking on Alabama at home for the big rivalry game. Um, I really, and I'll, I'll say this real quick, I really want Tennessee to, I don't I don't like Tennessee, but I really want Tennessee to beat Alabama with Nick Saban coaching at least once so we can, um, you know, kind of jumpstart this rivalry again. I mean, I, it's Tennessee fans still hate Alabama, but I feel like Alabama fans don't take Tennessee that seriously anymore because it's been so long. <laughs> Oh, um, I'll, I'll say be first. Is you hate Alabama or Florida more? Alabama is definitely the uh, more hated rival, in my opinion. Uh, there's a lot more history with this game. <clears throat> of course, the last uh, what, 11 years, it's been all Alabama. And I, like you said, Alabama fans don't really take this game seriously anymore. And that's just really just because of Tennessee's doing. Uh, Tennessee's pretty much just had an inept program the last 10 years, poor management by administration and hiring coaches. It's been like a coaching carousel, so they haven't ever had been able to field a really good team. Uh, they did play a close game in '09 when they had the Mount Cody block, and then in 2015 uh, they had the lead against Alabama and looked like they had a chance to win it before Alabama made a last-minute uh, game drive to win the game. But I don't think this game's going to be close at all. I uh, don't see Saban running up the score on his former assistant. He and Pruitt are pretty <laughs> close. Ian Pruitt are uh, – fairly close even though I mentioned earlier in the podcast they have clashed at times uh it was really just because they both had disagreements but they both still had a lot of respect for one another Saban will get up early I think and put some points up early because by this point in the season Alabama's offense is going to be rolling but I I don't and I don't think Tennessee's offense is going to be able to score that much against this Bama defense either this Bama defense is going to be really talented their weakest point on the Bama defense is going to be their secondary but that's probably the best place for Alabama to be weak on against this Tennessee team. So they match up really well. 
Um, Alabama's probably going to win this game probably like 31-6. to six. I think they're going to be really vanilla in the second half after taking an early three-touchdown lead at the end of the, end of the uh, first quarter. Um, Oscar Holt, uh, it's, we'll, we'll just pretend here. The, the line for this game is going to be 20 for Alabama. Do you think Alabama – do you think Tennessee covers or do you think Alabama's going to run it up over 20? Um, well, I, I don't bet against Alabama, honestly. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, like if I don't, I'm not much of a gambler. But if I, you know, if I was, I would suggest not betting against Alabama uh, at any time. But uh, you know, looking back at these last three games, Auburn, Auburn, or Alabama, Auburn, and Georgia, um, I think they're going to go 0 three in those games. But I think at least one of those games, they're going to make it a really good game, and you're really going to see. Uh, that improvement that I was talking about at the very beginning of the podcast that Tennessee fans are going to want to see. They want to see competitiveness. They want to see uh, a tough team that can compete. And I think in one of those three games, you're, they're really going to push the other team, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, to their limit. And, uh, you know, I don't, just like I said, I, think, I don't think they're going to win one. They could. But uh, I think of those three games, they're going to make one of them really close. Okay, so you, you're picking on a loss here. I see, I see what you're doing here. Okay, so we'll, we'll say a loss, nevertheless. Um, so now three and four going to South Carolina, play South Carolina. And here's what I'll say after this. After losing three, potentially four games in a row, like you are saying, I think they'll be ready to win a game finally. And it's going to be hard to play at South Carolina. And South Carolina is a good team this year or going to be on the rise. But um, I think to see, because they've lost so many games in a row, I think they're going to win this game. Um, I'll, let, I'll let Holt take this one. Yeah, you know, it, it, if this schedule was uh, laid out differently, um, I would definitely like Tennessee to beat South Carolina, even though it's on the road. But the fact that South Carolina is coming off a bye and Tennessee has just played Georgia, Auburn, and Alabama in the last three weeks, um, it's just really hard to pick Tennessee to win this game. I like Tennessee a little bit more as a team than I do South Carolina. Um, I know South Carolina has kind of been like a trendy pick. I'm not as high on them as everybody else is. But, uh, you know, I, I, just like I said, I like Tennessee a little more than South Carolina, but just where this game lies, I just find it's really hard for me to pick Tennessee in this game because, you know, all these tough games in a row and then it's on the road and South Carolina's coming off a bye. I mean, I think I'm going to have to go South Carolina here. What you got, JB? I'm going to go South Carolina. Uh, they are a trendy pick. I do like South Carolina. I don't. I don't see them uh, breaking through and winning nine or ten games, but I think they're going to be a solid uh, eight-win team this year. They might have an outside chance to win nine. Uh, Tennessee has never, ever won a game against Will Muschamp either. They've always struggled against Muschamp teams. I don't think this is going to be any different. Uh, I see this South Carolina team uh, really enforcing its will in, in the uh, fourth quarter and putting it away. I think Tennessee will keep it a game for about three quarters because they'll, pl- they'll play hard coming off a uh, – lost the previous week against Alabama. I think Bro's going to have his guys fired up going into Williamsburg Bryce, but I don't think there's enough to uh, beat the South Carolina team, especially at a tough uh, environment at Williams Bryce. And with South Carolina, will put it away in the fourth quarter. That um, that was an ugly game last year with Tennessee played South Carolina at Neyland. Um, they had oh, chance- God. That was terrible. And I, I remember just- Tennessee had Tennessee had three chances at the two-yard line to uh, take it, to win it, to score a touchdown to win the game. And failed on all three attempts. Yeah, crazy. Um, all right, so we'll, we'll um, breeze over this next one. They play Charlotte um, at Neyland, so everybody can say, woo! 
if they won a game again, they can win again. So they beat Charlotte is what we'll say. And then um, easy schedule come, easier schedule coming up, part of the East with Kentucky, Missouri, and at Vanderbilt. Um, we'll, let, we'll let JB take Kentucky, and then um, Holt, you can take Missouri because I know your boy Drew Locke is, is um, your, your man, so you have to talk about him. So. Yeah. It'll be four and five. And if we can just retract back earlier, that's why I say that Florida game is so pivotal, pivotal for this team season. If they lose to Florida, they're staring down three and six going into these three games. And all three of these games are toss-ups. So that means they would have to win all three of these. But at least at four and five, they can split two out of three and still make a bowl. I like Tennessee to be Kentucky. They pretty much have dominated this series with the exception of last year in 2011. Uh, this game's in Knoxville. Uh, they're gonna have, they're gonna try to build some momentum at this point. I think Tennessee's gonna win this one, and I actually think Tennessee will actually kind of make a statement in this one and uh, win this one by double digits. So F you to Kentucky. Holt, uh, in ten seconds or less, I'll give you more than five seconds. Tell me about Tennessee, Kentucky. Yeah, I agree with everything JB said. I, I just um, I'm not a big Mark Stoops guy. Um, I think Tennessee's a more talented team. And I think they have the mental edge in this game, and I think this is going to be looking to make a statement and get the win. All right. So, what are we at? Five and five now. Um, taking on Missouri at Neyland. Um, Holt, go ahead and talk talk to me about your boy Drew Locke throwing all over. <laughs> yeah. Well, this will be uh, Derek Dooley's uh, long-awaited return to Starville or uh, Knoxville. <laughs> uh, Starville's always on your mind. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Uh, but uh, yeah, Knoxville. Excuse me. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm a big Drew Lock supporter. Um, if you guys have been listening to the podcast at all, if you have, first of all, thank you for continuing to listen uh, through all of our, you know, craziness. But uh, big Drew Lock fan this year. Um, I just think he's the best quarterback in the SEC. I think he's gonna have a big year. He's gonna be a first round draft pick. I think they got a really good tight end and all conference receiver. Um, so they're going to be able to throw the ball a little bit. Um, you know, Jimmy Pruitt's defense in the past has struggled against teams who, you know, play like this, kind of the up-tempo, throw the ball down the field, um, a lot like we talked about in the West Virginia game. Um, except I actually like Drew like more than Will Greer. Um, oh, I did too. So, so I think, you know, I like Missouri in this game. Um, you know, maybe Tennessee's offense is clicking a little bit and they can keep up a little bit more. Um, you know, Missouri's defense – is, you know, a lot of people think it's going to be really bad this year. I think it's going to be a little closer to average. But uh, I, I like Missouri to win this game, but I, I could see Tennessee winning this game. I, you could make an argument that I would accept for Tennessee to win this game, but I, I like Missouri this year. I'm probably going to pick them to go, you know, 9-3, and 10-2 this year. So um, I'm going to have Missouri winning this game. JB, you have 20 seconds to tell me how many touchdowns Drew Locke is going to throw over throw on Tennessee. He's probably going to throw about four touchdowns. Uh, I think uh, Tennessee's offense is going to be clicking more at this point in the season, but Missouri's defense is going to make enough plays uh, to uh, help give Missouri's offense some chances to build a cushion on this team. I think Missouri wins this probably by about 10 points, maybe by a score of like uh, 31 to 21. But uh, Missouri will prevail in this one. Uh, they, they have too much firepower on their offense. And their defense will be just good enough in this game to uh, give them a cushion so they can win this one by 10. Oh, how much did you say Missouri's going to win by? Um, I didn't I didn't say, but I would say something like 38 to 21 or 38 to 24, something like that. 
Yeah, I um, I'm gonna go against y'all. I think Tennessee's gonna win this game. I think they're gonna win the next. I think they're gonna win out the last four games because uh, that's kind of what. Mm, Alex is uh, jumping on the wagon. Yeah, I'm on the wagon. On the on the wagon wheel. Dude, uh, Alex is gonna be singing Rocky Top by the end of this podcast. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, all right. So, but as a as a group, the composite says no for Missouri. Uh, no win, no moss. So was that four or five and six? Six. Yeah, five and six. Going to Nashville. Or in Memphis, as we like to call it, Trashville, to take on Vanderbilt. <laughs> Neyland, or Neyland West. Neyland West. Yeah, it really is. Tennessee does take over uh, Vanderbilt Stadium. Uh, and they take over the Liberty Bowl, too. So thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, Neyland West West and then Neyland West. <laughs> I hate y'all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can't we have at least the Liberty Bowl? God dang. <laughs> Um, all right, JV, tell me, is, is Tennessee going to get some revenge against Vanderbilt and Derek Mason? I think Tennessee's going to enforce its will in this game. They're going to be five and six. They need a win to make a bowl. Pruitt's going to have his guys ready. I think Vanderbilt at this point in the season, they're going to probably be three and eight. They're not really going to have a lot to play for except maybe state pride. Uh, I know Vanderbilt won the game last year, but Tennessee is definitely more talented than Vanderbilt. And I think Pruitt's going to have this Tennessee team playing with an edge going into this game. I think Tennessee wins this one big and finally puts their stamp back on the on what Vanderbilt is trying to make a rivalry. <laughs> Vanderbilt also says that they're the best team in the state. I'm like, have y'all not seen Memphis? Memphis wins more games than both of y'all. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So, um, Holt, do you think that um, if Tennessee wins here, Derek Mason will be gone? Um, yeah, I do. I, I, I hate to uh, – to do that because I like Derek Mason so much, but I just don't think it's going to work out for him at tennis or at Vanderbilt. Um, you know, he's a great guy. He's a great motivator. Um, but I just don't think he is able to recruit at the same level that James Franklin did. He's not able to create the same excitement uh, around the program, around the athletic department. They can't get the things they need uh, financially, like facilities wise. Um, I just think it's just a bad all around situation. I think they're going to have a rough year this year. Maybe go four and eight, three and nine, even. Um, um, you know, we're probably going to do their preview like one of the last ones, and uh, I think we're picking everyone else to beat them, so we're not going to have a choice but to have them go like three and nine. So, yeah, uh, you know, uh, they play Vener- they play Notre Dame out of conference too, so that's a loss. Um, man, that, that's yeah. so rough, man. Like the one team that Notre Dame plays out of the SEC, right? Of course, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I kind of do hope Vanderbilt wins this just because I remember last year when, or maybe two years ago, whenever Derek Mason won this, and he just went completely yeah. crazy. <laughs> and that, and that, uh, that vest he had on, that sleeveless vest thing he had on, or whatever. That sleeveless, that was a lot of swag in that vest. <laughs> it was. And then when Bush Jones gave him the big bear hug before the game, too, I mean, you thought maybe they were stepbrothers. <laughs> they, they do look kind of like, they do look kind of like, you're right. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> All right, Debbie, get it out of your <laughs> Me and him got the same mama. <laughs> We're, it's kind of like Gary Bertier and Remember the Titans pointing at Julius Campbell. That's my brother. Yeah. yeah, sorry yeah I, went, I, went with the, I went with the Rush Hour reference. JB went with the Remember the Titans reference. That was nice. Yeah. Um, we, could, I mean, we could do Bump and Forest, too, if y'all really want to. But um, anyway – so, no, so we have not of relation. <laughs> we are not of relation, sir. <laughs> six, six and six. Get some bowl eligible. Get some to maybe the Music City Bowl, JB. 
Um, I think it's going to be a Liberty Bowl for them. Shreve, I think. Shreve, you're not going to Shreveport? I think those some of those bowls like Music City. I don't know if it'll be Music City. I know Music City would love to get Tennessee just because they know they can sell it out and bring a lot of fans there. I think it's going to be Liberty. Liberty's been wanting Tennessee forever, and I think this will be one of their chances to finally get Tennessee. I don't think they're going to go to Shreveport. They're going to probably send another 6-16 six and 16 that doesn't have as many traveling fans. Because Tennessee brings a lot of fans to different uh, stadiums. That's why a few years ago when Tennessee went 6-6, six and six, they were able to get the Gator Bowl even at 6-6 six and six just because they knew they were going to bring a lot of fans. And a lot of bowls take that into consideration. Why? So I think Tennessee's gonna, I think Tennessee's going to get the Liberty Bowl. Why didn't Why didn't the SEC team get the Liberty Bowl last year? Uh, there wasn't enough eligible teams. Oh, dang. Dang, y'all suck. <laughs> Shout out to Ole Miss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Liberty Bowl is, you know, it's kind of in that, that group. I don't know what to call it a group. It's like that mid-tier group. And then, of course, you got the Independents in Birmingham outside that tier. Yeah. I don't think Tennessee, if Tennessee's at six and six, they're not going to Birmingham or Shreveport because just even just because, you know, they're going to bring a lot of fans. And the, one of those uh, mid tier bowls is going to want Tennessee. All right. Uh, so six and six going to either Trashville or the, the true music city, Memphis, Tennessee. Um, so Liberty Bowl. So we'll, we'll see how this, this year works out. We're um, excited to see how Jeremy Pruitt can actually coach the team by himself. Um, and see how the defense looks and who the starting quarterback is. That's kind of exciting. Um, other than that, I mean, go eat at the um, the barbecue place. Davey mentioned in the other place. I don't remember what other place, but um, go there. And then don't go to Calhoun's. <laughs> any um, any final words from you fellows before we sign off? Follow oh follow us on Snapchat or not Snapchat? We're not there yet. Instagram and Twitter at SEC Slow Smoke and subscribe <laughs> to us on iTunes as SEC Slow Smokes and. JB will personally suck your dick. <laughs> um, any, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? Okay. Any, any final words? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, words. No, no final words for JB. All right. JB has I'm, I'm, JB has no response. <laughs> it's like, no, com- no, comment. Really no comment. No comment. <laughs> it's time for me to go back on Tinder. <laughs> All right, peace out, y'all.